Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For the meditation of the scriptures, let us turn to Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is one of the most important psalms for a Christian because it talks about the suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. David is seen to be the author of this psalm, but we do have a difficulty in finding out which part of David's life is reflected or represented in this psalm. Because David never was forsaken by God, nor did he experience the alienation that is described in this particular psalm, nor did he experience even a fraction of the suffering that is written in this psalm. He seems to be writing not about a person who is suffering because of sickness or in battle, but it's about a description of a criminal being executed. Now, this is clearly a prophetic psalm. We understand that because of the number of times that the psalm is quoted in the Gospels as well as in the book of Hebrews. And we understand this is a messianic psalm for that very same reason because it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ in these verses. If, unless we look back at this psalm from the vantage point of the cross at Calvary, it would be very difficult for us to make full sense of the psalm. But having seen the description of the suffering of Jesus on the cross at Calvary through the scriptures, when we look back at the psalm, we see that it makes a perfect match. Now, this psalm forms a part of a triplet psalm. Psalm 22 talks about the suffering servant who died for us. Psalm 23 talks about God our shepherd who is leading us as sheep. And finally, Psalm 24 talks about the Lord who will come in a glorious manner in the future. <clears throat> we know that David was a prophet also and he wrote prophetically about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in this psalm. The first part of the psalm takes us to the cross. It focuses on the suffering of Jesus Christ and the second part of the psalm talks about the resurrection and the glorification of Jesus Christ. Let us look at the first part. Psalm 22 can be roughly divided into two parts. The first part is the journey of suffering that is from verses 1 to 21 and the second part of the psalm, the glory after the suffering comes in Psalm 22 verses 22 to 31. In the first part of the psalm, as we read these verses, it's clear that this is not the level of suffering that David endured. We look at this purely as a prophetic declaration about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what suffering he will have to endure on the cross at Calvary in order to purchase his people for himself. We see that Jesus Christ suffered in three realms in the area of his spirit and mind and body. In the level of the spirit, we understand the experience of Jesus was that he was forsaken by God. Psalm 22 verses 1 to 5 says that he was forsaken by God. The first verse of the psalm says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? In fact, these come forth as the very words of Jesus Christ on the cross when he says in Matthew chapter 27 verse 46, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remember, my dear friends, there is only one person on this earth who was ever truly forsaken by God and that too for that period of time on the cross. He was forsaken by God so that none of us will ever have to be forsaken. He was forsaken by God so that he could complete his suffering and purchase us through the redemption that he accomplished. Now, we need to understand that while he was on this earth, Jesus enjoyed a perfect fellowship with the Father. He said, 
I am not alone because the father is with me. He talked to God. He knew the will of God. He acted in perfect unison with the father. He saw what the father was doing and he did it here on this earth. But while he was on the cross, he had been engaged in a mysterious transaction with the father in dying for the sins of the world. When he spoke these very words, the transaction was actually happening on the cross. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says Jesus Christ was made sin for us. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says he was made a curse for us. In some way he experienced what the sum total of all lost sinners will experience. That means he was away from the presence of God because that is the, the sinner's portion is alienation from the presence of God. But remember that suffering was one of the things that he had to endure towards his path of glorification, towards his path of winning us for himself. Now, in this portion where the New Testament talks about the suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross, and I want to just open the Bibles there to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 9 and read from it, because it makes perfect sense when we look at that particular portion of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 to 9 says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Dearly beloved, what a beautiful description it is of this particular portion of this psalm. Where the word of God says he cried out to the Lord and he was heard by him. And though he was son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of salvation, eternal salvation to all those who obey him. That means to us. The second part of his suffering, the first part was what he experienced in the spirit, that alienation with God. The second part was that he was despised by people. Psalm 22 verse 6 to 11 says he was actually despised by his people. I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned by mankind and despised by the people. They mock me. They make faces at me. They wag their heads. My goodness, this is the very son of God who is writing about himself. We see that the son of God was enduring anguish of soul or mind when he was mocked, despised and scorned. I am a worm and not a man. Jesus was considered to be literally on the ground, helpless, frail by all those people who finally took him to the cross. By the people of Israel, the leaders of Israel, by the Roman officials, whoever was it that led Jesus to the cross, we know one thing, they all considered him to be less than a human being. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 14 predicted that the Messiah would be terribly disfigured by his enemies. He would not even look human. He bore the reproach for us. David reminded the Lord that from the birth that he had cared for him, how can you abandon me now? That is how David writes the psalm. He is writing from the persona of the Messiah in this particular psalm. And we see one thing, in verses 4 and 5 of the psalm, as well as in verse 8, 
the theme of trust is used repeatedly the implication for us is very clear in the times of anguish that we go through the only thing that we can do is trust the lord who is faithful to his covenant promises and he will see us through in sam 22 verses 12 to 21 we read now about the suffering of the messiah and that is a very long portion and it's a very sober portion as well when we read that portion and when we look at jesus christ on the cross we kind of understand what was the level of suffering that he went through the sam uses word pictures in order to convey this meaning to us he says many bulls encompass me strong bulls surround me they open wide their mouths at me like a ravenous and roaring lion i am poured out like water my bones are out of joint my heart is like wax it is melted inside my chest my strength is dried up like a potsherd my tongue sticks to my jaws you lay me in the dust of death then he continues for dogs encompass me company of evil doers are circling around me they pierced my hands and feet i can count my bones they stare and they gloat over me they give, divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots my goodness what a description it is of the cross this cannot be anything other than a description of a man being crucified he was stripped of his clothing placed on a cross nails are driven through the hands and feet he hangs between heaven and earth his body is dehydrated thirsting and finally he tastes the dust of death like water that comes to a stop like wax wax that is melting his strength is going away he becomes brittle like a piece of pottery it is remarkable that david should be witnessing crucifixion and writing it here because it was not a means of punishment that was available at that point of time no one used to punish by crucifixion in the olden times until the romans came he never saw it occur but through the eyes of the spirit david the prophetic psalmist looks forward and sees and experiences what the messiah will experience at a later point of time finally the psalmist writes he looks up to the lord and prayed one more time for the strength that he needed in verse 19 to 21 but you o lord do not be far off you my help come quickly to my aid deliver my soul from the sword my precious life from the power of the dog save me from the mouth of the lion you have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen initially in verse 1 he says god was far away from helping him he repeats that in verse 11 but in the third time he asked for the lord's intervention and finally in verse 21 it comes to a stage where the psalmist writes yes you have indeed rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen it this portion comes to an end by remembering the deliverance of the lord that is at hand and indeed it is true for god did not allow death to triumph over jesus christ but because he was obedient he was 
resurrected and he was exalted and given a name above all other names the second part of the psalm psalm 22 verse 22 to 31 talks about the glory that jesus received after suffering we now move from the suffering to glory from prayer in the initial verses we move to the praise in the second part of the psalm in verses 1 to 21 jesus endured the cross but now he enters into the joy that was set before him we need to understand this concept very clearly my dear friends the truth is there is suffering and the word of god says if we suffer with him then we will be glorified together with him now jesus had prayed to be delivered out of death hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 we read that he prayed that he would be saved from death and that prayer was answered by god in these passages we see threefold effects of jesus christ and his suffering and the subsequent glory that he has given to his creation three different levels the first thing that we see is in the great assembly sam 22 verses 22 to 25 says i will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation i will praise you and verse 25 says for you comes my praise in the great congregation my vows i will perform before those who fear him this talks about the church being formed as a result of the coming together in the spirit an assembly of the people who believe in the lord jesus christ when who are purchased by his precious blood the great congregation that the lord uses in these verses included everyone who believed in jesus who became a part of his church when the spirit came at pentecost but the church is made up of jews as well as gentiles who form one body in christ the result of jesus suffering on the cross was his glory that he received and one way in which that glory is exhibited in this world is through the church of jesus christ the praise that comes forth in the great assembly the second way in which the glory of the lord after his suffering is exhibited to this world is through the messianic kingdom the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven sam 22 verse 26 to 29 talks about that beautiful reign of jesus christ in his kingdom there we see the picture of a beautiful righteous reign a perfect reign a theocratic reign the anticipated messianic kingdom is talked about here it is characterized by unity it is characterized by righteousness equality peace prosperity worship it's a sovereign reign of jesus christ over all the nations all the earth and this is the state that is going to happen in the future for surely as the word of god has been written surely there will come a day when jesus christ will be the literal king over all the earth on that day the righteousness of god will be revealed here and all the nations will together worship him but for us to enter into that blessed experience we need to submit to the lord and worship him today while we have that time today while we have that ability today while we have that freedom we need to come together submit to the lord and worship him the last part of the psalm talks about the generations that submit to the lord the word of god says the posterity shall serve him it shall be told of the lord to the coming generations they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it the blessing of the atonement and of the kingdom will not be temporary 
it will not be short lasted but it will be perpetual going from generation to generation and the effect of christ sacrifice is that until today people living in sin have been given a chance in every generation to know jesus and to receive eternal life hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 captures the very essence of this psalm and the word of god says for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering he was made perfect through the suffering that he experienced without suffering he would never have been able to empathize with the fallen mankind but because of that suffering he was able to win us on the cross and not only that he brought many sons to glory we all have become brothers along with our lord and savior jesus christ we have received that privilege to know him because he died for us now it is clear that there is a path of suffering that jesus went through he showed us the way romans chapter 8 verse 17 says if we are children then we are co-heirs of god and fellow heirs with christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also glorified with him a beautiful verse the suffering that we may experience here on this earth is only a small portion of the suffering that the lord experienced on the cross experienced in his life and this word reminds us that if we suffer with him then we shall also be glorified with him before the glory comes the cross before the kingdom before the crown comes the cross and that is something that we have to experience in our life and as we look forward to that eternal reign of jesus christ and being with the lord forever when we stand with him on that day when we sit with him on that day when we look back on our earthly lives whatever be the suffering that we endure here would seem like a very small price to pay to pay for the glory that will be revealed on that day may the lord comfort us and bless us through the meditation of these scriptures